Great Plasma Advent Calendar Day 21 is Dark Materials by Philip Pullman. No doubt you're enjoying the third season of his Dark Materials as much as I am. I've first read them back in the 90s when a friend who's my it's my roommate my first year in university and he, he sort of later said, oh yeah, you've got to read these, they're far too good for children. And the editions we've got, I think, are the first printing. Uh, since then, I've, I've just been Christmas shopping and I've uh, seen all of the Philip Pullman displays in various bookshops. And we're chugging through the third and, and what I guess is going to be the final series. So what I want to talk about is not necessarily his dark materials, but more one of the binding concepts in it, which is the idea of other worlds and connected worlds and how you get between them. And specifically the way that in his dark materials there is no suggestion of any void or any other sphere that you travel to through space there's no um there's no indication of a planetary system no reference to the stars although you know, it's suggested what there is is a means to get to other realms through portals as it were so it's at the fantasy end of alternate worlds very much the thing that i'm familiar with from michael moorcock and also from Everway. And watching His Dark Materials has made me think of both. So first of all, on the point of, of Everway. Everway is Jonathan Tweet's mid-90s game that was that was re-released recently with a second edition. And one of the things about it is the, the idea of sphere walkers walking to other realms. Now, they, they call them sphere walkers. There's not really that much of a suggestion of spheres as such, although the cards often reference alchemical symbols, for which there is a certain amount of reference to our own uh, solar system, well, the, you know, the heavenly bodies in our solar system. But it's another example of there's a set of realms that compose the entire world that people exist in. And there's no real sense of the worlds as having a sort of a limitation. All they are is a, a set map or you know, a few topological points on the map which can then be connected to other worlds. And in Northern Lights, there is the implication that the Earth is a sphere, because, of course, we travel from London and Oxford all the way up to the North Pole, and uh, so the the geography of that world is supposed to echo ours. But there's still no space travel. Travel between worlds is achieved through um, ripping part the fabric of reality. There's no suggestion that they would use an alternative even at the point where there are obviously machines capable of breaching the space between worlds, um, like, um, is it called the intentionometer, intention field? Um, there's a thing at Agile Pilots to find Lyra where she's being held um, drugged unconscious by her mother. Um, there's a suggestion that machines exist that can pass through these, but... It's not the kind of space travel that we would expect. It's a dimensional machine, a, a time and space machine. Christopher Priest wrote uh, The Space Machine, a sort of riffing on a cross between the War of the Worlds and the Time Machine and the idea of a, um, a, a Victoriana steampunk type of vehicle which could fold space and time and therefore go to other planets. But there was no intervening space. Here just like in Everway, there's no real concept of the space between things. They're just another cell on a hex map, as it were, and there are certain barriers that exist that you can go through if needed. 
And so I've always liked that in Everway, or the suggestion that you you don't have to take in the entire world and construct another world. What you have is a realm that touches on another realm and you pass between them via gates. And it raises this existential question that even though you know that you're in a realm that is a world away from another realm, the last one you went to, is there anything beyond what you can see and touch? And that's partly the essence of fantasy. Fantasy doesn't see the need to map out every single last piece in the world. I mean, that's that is partly the essence of the um, of M. John Harrison's great clomping foot of nerdism, the uh, the requirement to map out every last part of a world. But that's not quite the point I'm making here. The point I'm making here is you can have a multi-dimensional setting that ignores space at all. There is no concept of space travel in uh, in the multiverse of his dark materials. I think I think that's a fair thing to say. Now, the other thing that watching his Dark Materials made me think of was Moorcock, in particular in the third book, where Azrael is amassing armies from multiple realities with the sole intention of mounting an attack on heaven itself and on the, 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 the singularity that is the authority. Something very resonant of the Eternal Champion in that and all of Moorcock's worlds, particularly the, um, obviously, the... the, the chaos versus law theme there but of course that's also what happens in Zelazny's first amber book nine princes and amber because in that version all of the shadow earths are uh repetitions or copies or iterations of the one true reality at the heart of everything which is amber you know in that corwin does the same sort of thing to together a bunch of forces but for slightly more selfish reasons but thinking of moorcock's themes in the eternal champion um, what you tend to have is, in some cases, deus ex machina, portals between worlds that hurl our protagonists through them so they can do specific tasks. There is the suggestion that there are a million spheres, but there's not a lot of discussion about how one gets between them or indeed where the boundaries of an entire world lie. I mean, it's, it's suggested that the young kingdoms in time becomes our Earth. Um, but although these worlds again are referred to as spheres, there's no actual proof that they're spherical. And I, I don't mean that in a silly flat earther sense. I mean that there's there's not really any external eye that says, yes, this is a planet hanging in space. Sphere is, I guess, a useful metaphorical term for something that encompasses something. So it works as far as everywhere sphere walkers and it works as far as Moorcock's million spheres. Think about the themes of his dark materials and certainly the the fight towards the end with the prophecies and, and wielding god-killing weapons and angels fighting angels um, and the authority preparing to be attacked. For some reason that made me think about um, Moorcock's second Ether series which of course includes Blood, Fabulous Harbours and A War Against the Angels. And I, it was originally billed as a southern fantasy but I think I'm correct that it's now called the second Ether series because it's uh, and that has things called scale ships which are um, they're kind of capable of jumping to different points in the multiverse. But once more it's like yes you can have a ship that transports you. It doesn't necessarily travel through space as we know it. It travels through a concept of space. And thinking back to the Cordwain and Smith stuff, a lot of that was written before we had the concept of the void of space and the necessities of space travel. But 
Caldwell and Smith expressed the sort of space travel as passing through some kind of great pain, which required protection. Um, the suggestion that there might be dragons psychically attacking people, or that it requires some sort of transformational metamorphosis to travel through, to travel from planet to planet. And that's still, of course, said, you know, there are still planets and they, ha they are vast distances away, and you have to find a way of passing through these distances. You don't get that with any of this sort of fantasy, multiple realities stuff. Uh, I guess, I never got into Spelljammer, but I guess Spelljammer is like the sort of the marriage of that. Um, but it's not just there are different names for space. I remember Mage the Ascension having a sort of idea that the reason that we believe is a there is a void in space is it's a technocratic conceit and it's part of consensus reality now that space is mostly void as a suggestion that um it wasn't always the case and i like the idea of a universe in which there is no such thing as space there are other realms they can be mapped out and a science fiction story that doesn't involve traveling through what we consider being the universe, but it travels through a, an entirely different um, set of geometries, I suppose. Something that you say in the fiction can be comprehended by interstellar navigators, but it doesn't exist in any kind of 3D sense. Um, it exists in other dimensions. So anyway, that's what I've been mostly thinking about when watching the early episodes of his Dark Materials series three. All right, let's open the next door in the Avant Garde. Oh, oh, it's a little plot of phlogiston. That's going to come in handy. Right, speak to you later. Bye bye. Fictoplasm podcast. Words by Ralph Lovegrove. Music by Chris Zabriski. Find out more at fictoplasm.net. But on the Moorcock end, 